Well, good morning. I'm excited today as we continue on this message series, The Story of Us. Before we jump into the message, I just want to remind you, we are, uh, you can collect your baby bottles to put money into them for Choices Pregnancy Center. Make sure you grab your baby bottles on the turf side on your way out this morning from the service. But the, today we have a very special um, service for you today with some special friends today as we talk about a different scenario in relationships that we see today as we talk about the story of us. I have to admit, when I was a kid, I was never a big fan of art class. I did not like art class. And in fact, whenever you gave me something to work with, you never knew what really would come out of it. I did not like art class. In fact, when I was a kid and I went to VBS, Vacation Bible School, at our church, it was craft time. I always begged to get the t- for the teacher to let me out of the craft time. I did not want to go to craft time. I begged, can I just go play kickball another hour? I would rather be out there than making crafts. But you know what? Although I don't like art class, I'm very fascinated with art and how these amazing, talented people can take a blank canvas and create something magnificent and spectacular. I think that's why I was so fascinated back in the 80s and 90s with a guy on TV named Bob Ross. You guys remember Bob Ross? I mean, that guy was amazing to watch, how he would take a blank canvas and turn it into something. And he always had these quirky sayings or statements in his shows. And one of his sayings that he would say, one of his top sayings, he would say, it's hard to see things when you are too close. Take a step back and look. And I think, wow, that's a pretty good life lesson because I think so often We are trying to write our own stories. And if you're like me, you are a control freak, and you try so hard to write your own story, but the problem is you get it all muddled up because as we try to develop our own story, we're so focused on these little details in the the story, and sometimes we need to take a step back and look. You know what the problem is I think we really struggle with? Is we are so destination-focused. Every one of us. It's like, if I, when I get to this destination, then I will achieve complete happiness in my life. You know, whenever I find love, whenever I get married, whenever I make this level of income, or I have this job, or this house, or this car, or whatever it may be, it's, we get so destination-focused that whenever I achieve this, then I will be happy. And the problem is, because we're so destination-focused, we develop fantasies within our mind of what that destination should be, and that how, that's what will bring happiness into our life. But let's be honest, it never transpires the way that we fantasize about those destinations in our mind. And also, you know the other struggle is? When and if you get to that destination point, it doesn't fulfill the happiness you'd hope it would fulfill. I mean, you get there, then you're, then you're like, all right, this is cool, but was that it? I'm not happy anymore. And we see a world of people that have reached the destinations that they long for, whether it's celebrity status, financial income, you know, what, relationships, whatever it may be, but we still live in a world that's full of brokenness, full of depressions, full of anxiety, and it just doesn't go away. Why is that? Maybe because the destination is not the goal. 
Maybe there's something in the journey, something in the development. Because I think the life lesson that we need to take here is that God is molding us. And God molds our story for something significant as we pursue him. You know, the reality is this. You are being molded. Every one of us is being molded. The question is, are you willing to be moldable by God? Are you willing to allow him to mold you? Or are you so focused on the destination that you want, the destination that you think will be, bring the complete happiness in your life, that you miss out on, on the opportunity for God to mold you in the journey? Does that make sense? There's a difference between the two. You know, in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 64, verse 8, it's written, Yet you, Lord, are our Father. We are the clay, you are the potter, we are all the work of your hand. We are just the clay. He is the potter. You know, to break this down, this is the journey of allowing God to mold our life if we're allowing him to mold our life. You know, we have to take a step back. What does that mean? We have to understand that God is Lord and Father. The Bible, that verse starts off with saying, you are our Lord and Father. In other words, you are the authority that guides with tremendous love and concern as a father. That's what the verse is highlighting right away. He is the one who guides us and leads us, but he does so as a father. You see, he does so with your best in mind. Here's the problem. I have my wants in mind, and I think my wants are what's best for me on my destination, my desired destination. But God has our true best in mind. And then he says, you are the clay. Guys, don't want to burst your bubble, but we're just a whole bunch of lump of clays out here. That's all we are. We're just a lump of clay, which means you are extremely moldable. I am extremely moldable. Like it or not, you are being molded by whatever you're allowing to influence you. Whatever you're allowing into your life is molding you to be who you become. Who are you allowing to mold you? Because the Bible says he is the potter. Which means at some point in our journey, we need to trust him enough to be the authority in our life to mold us. And the molding sometimes is not easy. Because sometimes he has to shape us into something. And that's hard. That's a challenge. But this is allowing and giving God complete authority to mold you. And he molds us through our relationships. He molds us through our relationships. Every one of us is the development of the relationships in our life. Every relationship you've ever had is kind of a building block in the foundation of who you are. First with God and then with others. You know, and every relationship molds us into the people that we are and that we become. Good relationships, broken relationships, bad relationships, restored relationships, and even new relationships are all the building blocks of your life. And speaking of relationships, we are so destination focused. That's like, here's the picture perfect relationships I want in my life or I want to get married one day and here's the picture perfect reality of what I want that to be or look like and when that doesn't go as planned and a lot of times it won't we're left broken and confused because here's the struggle we don't always get to pick the path we walk 
but yet sometimes we have to walk some hard paths. But God's molding that. Today we're going to be talking a little bit more and a little bit about blended families. Blended families are a beautiful thing. And in that journey of blended families, you see that journey of walking sometimes a path that you never asked for, the path that you did not want, the path that you did not have in your mind as the destination. But like it or not, here's the path. But that path becomes your story. That brokenness leads you on a journey towards blessings. That's what we see in the Bible. And and so many times throughout the Bible, we see stories of men and women who had broken relationships and and bad relationships and restored relationships. And every one of those stories created them into something significant as they pursued God. Moses, for, for example, was a man who did not choose his path. And as he floated between all the different relationships in his life, there were times that he tried to reject his path. They tried to run away from the path that God was leading him on. But when he walked with God, when he waited on God, God developed his story. Look what's written about Moses in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 23 through 29. By faith, Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born because, he saw, because they saw he was no ordinary child. And they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than enjoy the life-fleeting pleasures of sin. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasure of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of blood, so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. By faith, the people passed through the Red Sea as on dry land, but when the Egyptians tried to do so, they were drowned. Do you see how Moses' stories, uh, his, his journey developed through the relationships in his life, as it's written in Hebrews chapter 11, as it highlights his journey that led him to something significant in his life? It was all about his journey, was about his relationships in his life, which were full of broken relationships, disappointing relationships, times when he did not choose his path, times when it brought brokenness and hardship into his life, but he constantly pursued God. He waited in God. He pursued God through it all. He didn't choose his path, but God was molding Moses and developing his story. And he's developing your story, too, if you pursue him, if you pursue him. You see, God writes our story as we trust him, as we wait on him, and as we walk with him. He's writing your story. Trusting, waiting, and walking. Trusting him is giving him the authority into your life that I may not have all the answers. I don't know how this is going to work out. It's not always going to be easy. Sometimes relationships in our life and our journey, it's messy. But I'm willing to trust God and, 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 and wait on him in the messiness. And waiting on him is that patient part. That's hard. Because I am a control freak and I am go, go, go. And I don't like to wait on anybody. And there I am, God, waiting on him, God waiting on God, but he always comes through. And I'm walking with him. That's your daily encounter. Are you having a daily encounter with him, pursuing him in your life? This was the journey that Moses took. And through his relationships, he experienced God writing his story, molding his story 
into something significant. You know, the hard thing is that what we don't often talk about is that many times in the development of our story, many times as God molds us in the messiness that is this world and the messiness that is relationships, sometimes we have to walk through pain. And we don't like the pain, but the pain is a part of our story. And on the other side of that are the blessings that God wants to provide for us and how he wants to reveal something to us. You know, sometimes we get so close to the canvas that we can't see the big picture of what God is doing. God's developing your story. He's molding you. And you're not alone. You're not alone. I want to invite up to the stage for, for today some very special friends of mine, Mark and Megan Helsel, um, are going to be coming up to the stage right now. And they have a tremendous story of what God has done in their life, how he brought their families together to form a new family. Their story is about trusting and waiting and walking with God through pain and ultimately into the experience of blessings in their life. Mark has been in ministry full-time for 31 years. He, um, he's served churches in Ohio, Pennsylvania, and Florida. He's currently um, in Beaver County, and he's a, or he lives in Beaver County. He's a Beaver County uh, native. He went to Geneva College. He's a local pastor here at the River. And, uh, you know, he's, he went from a youth, youth ministry. Um, he's done broadcasting in his past. And uh, he's, he's done some great things in his journey. He's been one of the big name, big guru speakers of youth specialties. And, um, you know, he will be signing autographs later um, in that regard. But he's had articles published. And God's used him in many, many tremendous ways in preaching in churches all throughout our country and throughout our world and the retreats. Megan, his wife, they've been married since October of 2020, and together they have four children um, between the two of them, Parker, Gabriel, Gabriel, Janie, and Jacob. And Megan just enjoys being a wife to this amazing man, Mark, and um, she enjoys being a mom, and she works full-time as a human resource consultant at Tology in the North Hills of Pittsburgh. And uh, for the past 20 years, she's focused on helping organizations um, implement assessment solutions in the hiring process. And she just loves being a pastor's wife and serving the people and especially the kids at their church, The River. And I just want to thank you guys so much for coming here and being a part of us today, with us today. And, um, you know, I just want to say you guys. With, by the way, with that introduction and me, it can all go downhill <laughs> from here. Uh. I, I like to set you big, Mark. You know, land at home. But you guys, you know, just on a personal level, I mean, you guys are such a blessing to Shelly and I. And uh, we love you guys. And I, I love our friendship. I love serving Jesus with you in our community. And uh, just seeing um, from the other side of the river, seeing what God's doing in your life as a family and in your ministry as well. And just ex it's exciting to, to see what God's doing. But can you just tell us a little bit about relationally, your story, what brought you to this point? Yeah. Um, am I, is this okay. By the way, if you look at that picture, that's my son Jacob. Doesn't he look thrilled over here? <laughs> I'm super thrilled. Uh, that was our wedding day, and he looks. That, that's that was he. He was in his. Um, I'm not going to smile. Phase for every picture. Um, so our story is that what you asked yeah, about yeah, our yeah. story. So um, Megan and I, Megan and I, uh, about ten years ago, mm -hmm. uh, both actually we we hadn't spoken to each other for like twenty years, but. We, uh, we found ourselves in the same situation where 
we were both uh, getting divorced and had not chose those divorces. We didn't choose that for our path, but they were both kind of thrust upon us. And, um, and we had to walk through all that. And that was, you know, incredibly difficult, uh, you know, season for sure in our lives. And, uh, you know, I had three kids. She had, she had one kid. And then um, years later, after we'd gone through that, we reconnected and uh, began talking and, and, and just kind of talking through even some of those issues of walking through divorce and what that had been like. And, and then we started dating, and we got married in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> uh, which is lots of fun, right? Anybody else try that one? That's good times. Uh, so we, uh, we got married in October of 2020, and, and uh, so that's kind of our stories. We found ourselves both in a place that we never thought we would be, um, yeah. mm-hmm. never set out. I know as a pastor, I never set out to be in that place, and and uh, and here we were now together as a blended family, and and uh, our story was not at all what we what we are, what we thought they would be. Yeah, and that's you know, you said it before. I mean, you don't ask for your story, right? You know, and but but, some, yeah. but God wants to work through that story. What are some of the challenges or and victories you've seen through your story? Um, well, one of the, one of the victories. Um, that with me and Mark, you know, we really help each other kind of get through. We, we kind of, go, well, we got divorced and then once we got back in touch, but like we were able to kind of help each other through a lot of that. So that was one blessing. Um, but with our kids now being in a blended family, one of the biggest blessings I think we have is that our kids all get along. They love to be together. Um, we have three teenagers and a 10-year-old who thinks he's a teenager, so they always hang out. They, um, so much so that they, they kind of formed a little team, and uh, it's kind of like us versus them sometimes. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with them getting along. <laughs> yeah. Now it's like, now it's like we're against you because you told us you, we can't do that. <laughs> so that's one of the huge blessings that, that we have that we didn't have to struggle through is that our kids really enjoy each other, enjoy being together, and... Uh, uh, makes things a little bit easier for us. So that's, that's one of the, the victories that we've had. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, one of the things to remember when you talk about blended families is there's all different types of blended families. Mm-hmm. There, uh, we, I was joking with her today, I was like, you know, Jesus grew up in a blended family. I was like, that was not his real dad, all right? That was his stepdad. Joseph, Joseph was not his real father. And there's all kinds of different blended families. There. There are blended families with uh, no kids. There's blended families that were caused by death or divorce. Or there's blended families that have grown kids. Um, there's all different types of blended families. There are blended families that have um, their, their exes are really involved with the kids still, but, but there are those blended families they're not. They're not. We happen to have, uh, you know, be in a blended family where both, both of our exes are really involved in their kids' lives, so we're a 50-50 family. And, um, and so there's all different types. So there's nothing, you know, if, if you're sitting out there and you, you're, you, know, you live in a blended family or whatever, there's no one type. And they all bring their own challenges. They all have their own things that are difficult. Like one of the things that was difficult in, in ours was, you know, I lived by myself with my kids for eight years. 
um, before her and I got married. And so, like, uh, we, my daughter struggled. My 13, well, she wasn't 13 when we got married, but she's now 13, uh, which is a whole other world. I'm not quite sure I understand. But uh, she, uh, she was always kind of the, the woman of the house, per se. And, um, you know, it brought up, there were some real jealousy issues with Megan. Not Megan being jealous, but my daughter was real jealous, like, oh, why are you doing this with Megan? Why are you, why are you, why are you taking her there? Why are you guys going away for three days? Or, you know, so we, we had some real hard issues to work through. Yeah. Um, and, and, and not, the boys weren't immune to that either, but, but uh, you know, just, I mean, it's, it's actually gone better, like the kids getting along, because I felt like, like we moved in, like my, the four of us moved into her house and we renovated the house and stuff like that, but I felt like we were invading, you know, like <laughs> her and her son just lived together for what, 10, 10 years? years? 10 years by themselves, and then here comes the four of us, you know, and that just, that's, that's huge. And, and uh, so there are definitely challenges to being in a, a blended family. There's jealousy issues or mixing together two very different groups. So, so you see all these, like, like you're talking about all these different feelings come into mm-hmm. play with this regard. How, how do you work through all those feelings? I mean, it's not just like one person here. I mean, mm-hmm. you can do the feelings. Okay. Um, well, we, we try to make all the kids feel special. Uh, that was something when we did move in together, they all have their own room. We let them decorate their own room. We made them made sure they all had their own space, their own, you know, their own space to, to kind of be by themselves if they wanted to, because we knew it would be a challenge to just kind of all be together. So we didn't want to force, you know, them to have to be together all the time. Um, that was that was one thing we did. Um, we did also, we made them a part of our wedding ceremony. We knew kind of from the beginning, the very beginning, that it wasn't just a blending of, or a joining of two people, it was a joining of two families. So we wanted to make sure that they felt very special around the wedding and they were involved in the wedding and it was kind of early, uh, you know, a promise between all of us, not just the two of us. So um, we all had little jars of M&Ms that we kind of combined them, different colored M&Ms, we combined them all together, um, you know, into kind of one big, giant jar of M&M's so, that we yeah. proceeded to eat over the next two yeah, months. Yeah, it was funny because I didn't think we were supposed to eat this big jar of M&M's, <laughs> but over the next couple of months, the jar just kept going down, and I'm like, are we becoming less of a family now as we're eating? But we kept like one, we kept like one jar of small amount where everybody had their color, yeah. you know, in, yeah. in that jar of M&M's. Yeah, so we kind of always made, tried to make that a really kind of forefront that, you know, it was important to make everybody feel special and everybody to feel loved and welcome, not, not just the two of us. I think to navigate the feelings, too, we really tried to um, make sure they knew they, they didn't lose their identity. Is this, is this on? I don't know. It keeps, it going. keeps going on. Can you hear me? Yeah. You guys? Um, I don't know why it's going. Maybe my battery's dead. Uh, but it, but it just, so that um, we didn't want them to feel like they had lost their identity, like as like the four of us and like her and her son. So we still try to do things for like, you know, me with my kids and her with her son. And then we come together and we do some other things together, all of us. Yeah. So we didn't want them to feel like, you know, navigate those feelings where they felt like they were losing their identity 
yeah. as like just and, us. And that's a good parent lesson, you know, because I mean, we all hear our stories, right? Or other people's stories. And sometimes I think we tune out sometimes stories because we think, well, like that's not my story 100%. And not every story is cookie cutter. And I believe in every story, there's something in there. It's like, hey, that, that connects with me. That vibes with me. What, is, what does that mean for me? And I think that's a good parent lesson right there. Mm-hmm. You know, of how do you be intentional with each child to make them really feel valuable and loved? Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's, you know, getting to know, you have to get to know each kid. I mean, I have three kids and one stepkid. Is like getting to know each kid individually, being a student of that. And I don't always get that right. Like, she just told me recently, just like, she's like, hey, your son, your 16-year-old son has been asking to go camping with just you for months, and you just have not made time to go do that. You're just not hearing what he's saying. And, and, and trying to figure out each kid and what they need, especially at a blended family too, I think, because there are different pressures. And, Absolutely. And difficulties. And speaking of the kids, you know, when we when we got together previously a couple weeks ago, um, you you talked about the wedding day, and there's a lot of great things that you know, exciting day. But you mentioned something about that being a difficult day for your children. Talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, it was very celebratory and fun, and and our kids had a blast. Like even Jacob, the the <laughs> non-smiler. Decided, like, at the end of the night while we're everybody's dancing, he decided to just take off his shirt and, you know, dance. And we're like, Jacob, what are you doing? You know, like, so, like, he was having a little bit too much fun. And, uh, but it, it was celebratory. But at the same time, and I think a lot of life is like this. Like, life is a mixture of joy and pain and difficulty. And for my kids, and I, th- I think for your son, it was, it was difficult in that, that day was celebratory, but it was also for them like a death of a dream. Because I think their greatest dream is that their parents would be together. I think that's every kid's dream. I, I know as a, as a kid, my parents are, you know, are still married to this day. And, and you know, I think that was our, our dream, that they would be married. And so for them, there was some tears. There was some sadness over over they were losing something that day too. And you know, as we talked in the first service, I wouldn't want anybody sitting out here to think that this was all easy. Because, I mean, there was a lot of pain and there was a lot of screaming at God and there's a lot of crying to God. And there's, you know, you talked about how, you know, we have to walk with God, how when he's molding our story, we walk with God, we. We, we trust him, but that's not easy. Right. Especially when, you know, I've been a pastor now for 31 years, and, and I've helped a bunch of people, but when I was in the midst of that, I can't say it was easy to trust God. I can't say, I mean, there are, there are days when you were holding on to just a sliver. Yeah. You know, people like have that imagery like you're hanging off the cliff by a rope and sometimes you're hanging off by a thread mm-hmm. and, and you feel like you're not gonna make it. And uh, if there's somebody sitting out here and you feel like you're not gonna make it and, and you're holding on and you're mad at God and, you're, and you're, you're hurt and you're dealing with a lot of pain, I don't want, I don't want you to think that what we went through was super easy. It, it was 
really, really difficult. And I think but God was faithful. And, yeah, absolutely. And, and I could tell you story after story after story of how God met each of us mm-hmm. right where we needed, but there was still a lot of, a lot of difficulty. Absolutely, yeah, and I hear that. And, and I think we struggle. Whatever our story is, whatever God's working us through, the, the messiness that it is, because right. we all walk through messiness, right? And I think sometimes we wrestle with, we have feelings of anger and disappointment, and we don't know how to express it. We don't know how to deal with it because we're led to believe that, well, I can't be real with my feelings. I can't be real with what I'm struggling with. And, and because of that, we hold back from God, and we have internal anger with yeah. God, but we and don't you express iso- it. And you want to isolate. Like, Absolutely. you want to isolate away from people because you've, in some ways, you feel bad about what you're going through, or you feel like no one will understand. And, and like the, that's like the worst thing you could do is isolate uh-huh. instead of continuing to step into community with other people and step into church and different things that help you absolutely you know, walk through those really, really difficult times. Definitely. And that's what we see in the Bible. Like, I think we get this distorted view of the people in the Bible, like yeah. Moses, and we think, well, look, he walked with God. I mean, he was a biblical gray. He didn't have it. No, he, but read his story. The dude was messed up. You know? he had he a lot had, of, I think he had a lot of shouting matches Yeah, with God. he had a lot of screaming matches with God. And guess what? God's not afraid of that. God actually likes that. You know why? Because he wants your heart. Right. And he, wants, he, he doesn't want you to live in this bubble of isolation where you think you can't talk to anybody about what you're feeling and what you're dealing with. That's not how we get molded. Yeah, God and I got to know each other on a different level yeah. <laughs> during those early days where I said some things to him that I had never said in my life. Yeah. And, um, and sometimes the clay yells back at the potter. Yeah. And, and sometimes the clay pushes against being molded. And I'm not saying that God chose either one of our things to happen to us, but he did, but he did work through it, yeah. and he did bring us together through that, and, and, and he, he helped us uh, walk that path together, mm-hmm. and, and yeah. cried and mourned yep. with us. Yep. Yeah, I think if you just stay in that place of anger and, or depression or disappointment, you know, that's, that's where it's kind of dangerous almost, you know, you can't just stay there. You have to, you can, you can take your time to be angry or disappointed, but you have to kind of remember that God's still behind the scenes writing your story, and you don't know what that's going to be, or, you know, you know he's, he's doing something good uh, for you. He's always doing something good for you, um, even if you can't see it at that time. So, um, you know, but, if it's hard for a while, you have to know that it's not going to always be that hard. It's not well, always going to be that If you live in the anger and disappointment and the loss of that dream, that you had, you know, like you were saying, you have a dream and destination. And if you sit in that forever, you just, you become hard clay. Yeah. And then how is God gonna work with you? That's, that's a great point. And, you know, I, th- I think that's where, you know, the, and to kind of put this all together, I think the wrestling match is, let's just be honest, you know, there's things in our, in our story, it's like, I don't want that to be my story. No. Mm-hmm. You know, you didn't, what happened with both of you with a divorce, I know you didn't say, like, boy, I wanted this to be my story. No. You know, and it's, that's the hard thing to walk through. No, we both fought to keep that from not being our stories. And, okay. and um, but what, I, what, what, I, 
what I would also want to say to people is that, is that that thing that you didn't want to be your story. And like being, a, like being divorced was not part of what I wanted for my story. But I can't tell you how many people since in the last 10 years that I've been able to help who will come to me and say, hey Mark, like I know you've walked down this road and I'm struggling in my marriage or my marriage is ending and I've, I'm trying to, trying to save it and I'm afraid it's gonna end or my marriage ended, can you help me? Like people didn't come to me with that a lot before, they just, they didn't. But I think now they look at me and go, you're a safe place, you understand this, and I wouldn't want that ministry, to be honest with you. I, I, didn't, I didn't want that ministry to other people. But that deep pain in my life became one of the greatest gifts I had to offer to people. Mm-hmm. And no one would choose that pain, nobody. It's the worst, nobody would choose that pain for themselves. Yeah. But if you let God work in, the, in that, then it becomes your greatest ministry. It becomes what you have to offer, one of the things that you have to offer to people, even though you don't want it. Like, it's really weird. It's a weird dichotomy. Like, you don't want it, but then God redeems it, and he uses it to help others. And, and let me say to you guys, like, whatever your greatest pain is in your life, like, I went 42 years of my life with, like, hardly any pain, like, deep pain. I'm 52 now, 50, almost 53, but... but um, I went through life, it was pretty easy. And um, then it all came at once. And I would say to you, like whatever your deepest pain is, whatever it is, if you let God work on that, if you let God mold that, it becomes your greatest gift that you have to offer to the world, amen? It is, it's a weird thing, but it's one of the greatest gifts you have to offer to other people. and. And if you don't offer it to other people, then it just stays in here and you become bitter and hard. And, and unless you let God really use it, uh, and it can be, we, there was a guy who, I know I'm talking too long. There was a guy who, I'm a preacher, so I'm sorry, <laughs> but there was a guy who came up here, and this is how you never know what you're doing. There was a guy who came up to us after the first service and said, Today is my first day here, and I'm going through this exact thing. And thank you so much, because it was like you were talking right to me. And, and that's, that's just simply being willing to share your deepest pain to hopefully help somebody else. And then to also give people hope that, you know, we're, our, our story's not perfect, but it's good. Yep. Like, it's not per- Like, how many of you want to give your kids the the perfect life. Yeah, we all do, but guess what? Life's not perfect. And, and we, what we give them is, is what's good, Absolutely. and it can be good. And that, yeah. whole, so, that whole journey that we don't really, oftentimes we miss it because we reject it because we don't want to go through the pain yeah. and, or we don't know how to work through the pain. That's what Moses' story. Moses, if you read his story, was full of pain and the different relationships bouncing around, separation struggles and all right. that different stuff to find where do I belong, where do I fit in. And, and then as he pursued God, waited on God through that whole story and worked that story, like you said, his pain became his greatest blessing 
blessing that he experienced and blessing that he shared with others. Yeah. You and know, now and our, our blended family now is, we can offer that gift to the world. Yeah. Like we can offer that gift to say, we can, we can show, we can, as best we can, show you how to walk through this with faith. We're not perfect. We screw up all the time. There's still shouting matches in our house, like last night. I knew it was gonna happen. I knew it. I'm like, we're, we're getting on stage today. I know something. Nobody wanted to go to bed. Like, guys, you gotta go to bed. So everybody's fighting, like, everybody's fighting. Go to your space, go to your, you know, like, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming because, because we were gonna do something like this. And, and uh, we're not perfect. We, we struggle every day, and we're still trying to figure each other out, too, because... Yeah. We have lived lives apart from each other for so long. And if you came over our house, you'd be like, they don't got it all together. <laughs> or at least, you know, it's all, you know, we'd stick all our dirty laundry in the closet, you know. Because yeah. um, there's, there's a whole lot of laundry now. <laughs> but we also know that's okay. Like, we don't right. stress out about making everything perfect or being perfect because we know that life isn't perfect. And we, we, don't, we don't try to be. We, you know, just want everyone to be happy and we do the best we can every day, and you know that's really all we can do. And so. we just try to trust God in the midst yeah. Of, yeah. of the mess. And and that's that's a great point, you know, because life is messy, and mm-hmm. because we're so destination focused, we focus on the perfect destination, right. and it's never perfect. Right. And that's you know, and when, when that's our fantasy and our focus for our life, right. it, mm-hmm. it, it breaks down. Mm-hmm. You know? Did you ever see the movie Vacation? When they're all trying to get to Wally World, you know, yeah, they're all yeah. trying to get there. Mm-hmm. And then when they get there, it's closed down. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that I was thinking about that when you were talking about if we just... I think they moved that movie about we, the Valbach family. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you're just living for the destination, what happens when you get there yeah. and it's not exactly what you think? Absolutely. And also the, the other great point, you know, is every relationship, that's where we cannot lose sight. Every relationship in our life impacts other relationships. We are the development of all the relationships in our life, and also every relationship we connect with is also development of who we are. Parents, how you respond, how you react, what you do affects your children. Your children are going to get more from you by what you do than what you say all the time, mm-hmm. you know, and how you, how you handle the different situations and, and how you conduct yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you make mistakes, guess what? Life is not about, and character integrity is not about never making mistakes or perfection. Mm-hmm. You know, if that was the case, we're in a messed up world. We'd never see it. <laughs> the, the character and integrity are revealed when you make mistakes, how you respond after that happens. Right. You know, and that's just the whole course of life. Let's, we got, we, you know, we're coming up against the wire here. Just yeah. kind of bring it together. Tell us a little bit about how, now, the good side. You guys came together into one home. Some uh, good advice on the transition, getting connected. Uh, two families come together as one. Um, let's see. Well, when we came together, we tried to not make like a bunch of changes. We tried to just kind of everybody come together and like I said, everybody has their own space. We really tried to make everybody feel, um, you know, welcome and, and like, like everybody had their own, own space. And then we also didn't try to make a bunch of rules all of a sudden, you know, right off the bat. We didn't want it to be that like their lives were completely separate and then completely changed coming together. So we kind of let things happen organically um, as far as, you know, kind of what what expectations needed to be put in place, what rules need to be put in place, those types of things. So I think Try that's... Trying to find a new normal. Yeah, new normal. We didn't, we didn't kind of like come up, you know, me and Mark didn't sit down and like come up with like, this is how it's going to be, and then just kind of move forward like that. We kind of let it be directed by 
yeah. the kids and us and just sort of see, you know, there's, like, we have three teenagers and they're, they don't always like to do exactly what we want them to do. And, you know, trying to make them do things that they don't want to do isn't really going to work either. So we sort of, you know, made healthy boundaries, set expectations, but sort of in a way that um, we kind of all agreed upon together or figured out together. One of the good things we did was put away all the sharp objects <laughs> in the house. No, no. Um, I, I think, yeah, I mean, like, and, and also to give yourself grace that some of the things that you set out and think, oh, this is a wonderful plan, to go, oh, that didn't work. Huh. You know, like, that didn't work. Like, or it's working, but different way than you think. Like, giving everybody their own space was a great idea until that's all they want to go to. You know, like, they just, they're three teenagers. They just want to go to their own space and maybe not interact with everybody else. So that wasn't, like, an intended thing, but that was, that was, that happens sometimes. And you have to be able to adjust, and you have to be able to, to find new ways and just, and have, give yourself the grace to go, like, that didn't work the way you thought it would, or this did work, and that surprised you. Like, I remember, we were surprised at how well they got along. Like, we were like... I didn't think that was going to happen. Yeah. And, and, you know, so it's, you have to be able to roll with the changes. Yeah. I mean, I think we just try to have a lot of fun. I mean, you know, there's some fighting, there's some disagreements, but try not to take yourself too seriously. I probably take myself more too seriously more than the rest of them, but, um, you know, you just kind of have to be flexible and, and uh, go with the flow and kind of figure it, we're just kind of figuring it out as we go along. Absolutely. Yeah, I feel bad for you. There's a lot of boys in the house. Yeah. <laughs> four, Mark, four boys. boys. I appreciate you guys coming mm -hmm. and sharing your heart oh, and your story and going to this vulnerable place thank, with thank us. You. Thank you. Thank you. I think just in all this stuff, to just, to just try to be as vulnerable and authentic as you can be and, um, and know it's okay. Like, everybody, like, that's one thing in... 31 years of ministry have taught me, like, everybody's screwed up. <laughs> and then you have to realize you are too. You know, everybody's struggling. Everybody's going through stuff. And that's why God put us together in community to help us through the struggles and how he gives us so many tools to walk through the struggle. But sometimes, for some reason, we think the struggle is bad. I and mean, we think we're less than because we failed um, it's so easy to say, like, well, my marriage failed, so there must be something wrong with me. Yeah. Instead, of just, instead of just, yeah, there is things you need to grow in, but to go, okay, uh, I, need to, I need to trust God here, and I need to grow, and, and I need to not live in shame and defeat. Yep. Absolutely, and it just all gets back to around who we are allowing to influence our life and who's molding us and who we're, what support system we have. That's why here at Impact, those growth groups are so important. And if you need to talk to somebody about your story, whatever's going on in your story, maybe you're in the struggle right now of pain, in relationships, whatever it might be, you know, there'll be people at the Engage Impact booth right at the back of the service that would love to talk to you. Mark and Megan, they'll be back there as well. If you want to talk with them and learn more about their story, maybe you just need to talk about your story and have someone pray with you. They'll be back there as well. But the growth groups, finding that support system in our life is so important. Guys, if you're looking for a way to get connected, you know, there's a men's breakfast coming up on June 4th. That is a great way to get connected with a bunch of other guys um, and realize you're not alone. You're not alone. 
There, there's a bunch of guys in this place that would love to just walk with you in whatever journey you're going through. But re realize you're being molded by what you're allowing to influence your life. God wants to be the influencer in your life, and he does that with the people we surround ourselves with, the people in the church. And so find ways to connect in that regard. Mark and Megan, thank you so much for coming here and oh, being thanks, a part man. of this. Appreciate I appreciate it. it. Let's pray as we wrap up our time together here. Father God, thank you so much um, for all the ways you've worked in our life and that you are molding us, Father God. And I just pray that you guide us towards your heart. Help us to experience more of you. And uh, Lord, sometimes we have to walk through that pain, and that's hard, that's difficult, that's not fun at all. But Lord God, I pray that through that pain, we may strive towards you, um, and that we will see you working in it through that, and that through that struggle, we'll see blessings on the other side, not just blessings in our life, but the ability to be blessings in other people's lives. Lord, we give you all the glory, and we thank you for the opportunity to be in your presence. It's your name we pray. Amen.